Are you ready? I am ready. This is take two, boys and girls. In case anyone's keeping track, you will never hear take one. Never. You'll never hear it. It's gone. It's already gone. I already bought it on the dark web. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> John Peckman Podcast, Connected Valley School of Music and Dance, beautiful downtown Portland, Connecticut. Come through over the bridge. Go through one satellite. Start looking left for the red neon sign. Park in the street. It's getting longer. Every week, my spiel's getting longer. <laughs> uh, if you want to have your own podcast, listen after. Dave will tell you how. And... Uh, what else do I say? Oh, like oh, like and subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, for sure, please like and subscribe. I want to see what happens. Uh, we are here today. Somebody I've known for a very, very long time, maybe longer than almost anybody, kinda. Yeah. Mr. Pierce Campbell is here. I am thrilled to be here, John. Hey. Thank you. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? Mm -hmm. The big, the big question though is why. Why? Well, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to, I don't know if we can answer that. Yeah, no, that's, that's another uh, episode or four. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. I don't know if anybody knows why. No. Um, it, but you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter why. Nope. It doesn't matter. Um, so tell us, uh, Pierce is a guitar player among many other things, but guitar player, singer, songwriter, producer, kind of X, 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 X. Yeah. X. I, I, I sold all my gear. Sold all his gear. Wow. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk about point. that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so tell us what you're doing now. So, you know, basically just playing gigs. I, I actually semi-retired in, in that uh, I'm slowing down a bit. Sure. So, you know, at this point, it's nice to slow down a little. And yeah. uh, But I was I was doing like 320 shows a year, which is a lot. And <laughs> That's it, a lot. It, it's a grind to kind of keep it going. Um, so it's nice to kind of back off a little and, uh, yeah, you know, but, uh, even my back off is like 175. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's still fun and it's an easy pace, which is great. Yeah. That's <clears> cool. <throat> that's cool. Uh, what are you doing at the moment that um, anyone might want to know about? Well, you know, uh, right now I'm getting ready to go on vacation. Oh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> great. Well, cool. this is, this is the time of year that I, I start, uh, gearing up for the summer show. Right, so I'm right. booking, you know, park and rec stuff. Sure. And, uh, you know, um, it, as we, as we all get older, we're, I'm ending up, uh, subbing people in and out here yeah. and there. So, you know, I spend time kind of making sure I have a band. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear that. Yeah. Um, so take us back to the beginning. You're, you're from? I'm, I grew up in Woodbury. Right. And, okay. and my folks were really into traditional jazz. Oh. And enough so that my, my father and some friends started a thing called the Connecticut Traditional Jazz Club. And, they, hey. and, it, and back in those days, like I'm talking like mid-60s to 70s, you know, you could fly a band up from New Orleans and put oh, them up wow. for a weekend and they'd do a couple of shows. And so oh. a lot of these bands would stay at the house. I mean, we had the Preservation Hall band up. Oh, and wow. We had, uh, I didn't know that. You know, a lot of iconic people in the traditional jazz scene at, at that time. That's um, killer. You know, would stay at the house and we'd have jam sessions. And that's how I got to know the uh, galvanized jazz band who's, you know, fairly well known for that kind of music around here. And um, so I grew up kind of just hanging out, watching yeah. everybody play. Your dad, what did your dad play? <clears throat> My dad played uh, cornet, and he uh, also started his own group called the Funky Butt Jazz Band, which was cranking for quite a while. Right. And, you know, even in, in their heyday, man, there were times when he was, you know, fielding two bands on a Saturday, you know. So, um, so it, and it's funny because uh, down the road, uh, Tony, who we were yep. talking about, who's... Uh, my longtime friend and, and, and bass player, probably longer than I've known you. Wow. Um, started playing with my dad. So he was really wow. on, on upright bass. Okay. And so he, he was really uh, well-versed in traditional jazz. And we both took lessons from Link Chamberlain, who was up in New Milford, who was kind of an iconic, legendary guitar player. He, okay. Um, in, in fact, I, I was reading... Uh, Tony Matola's book. Uh, yeah. About, so yeah. I, I'm reading along and all of a sudden they're like two pages. He's talking about Link Chamberlain, uh, like how amazing this amazing guitar player yeah, in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. We used to go see him and it was just blew my mind. Wow. I, I was like, holy smokes. That yeah, was, I, that was were, my dude. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> kind of awesome. It was. Wow. 
Uh, so anyway, it, it all sort of morphed into me just having music in my veins. And, yeah, yeah. And um, I wonder, how did your dad ever get into that up in Connecticut here? I wonder. I don't know. You know, you know I, I mean, I'm assuming he was into it in college. I mean, he played a little banjo and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it just, just decided this could be the thing. Yeah. And the funny thing that got me into guitar is that um, one of the one of the clarinet players who was over from England, a fellow named Sammy Remington, okay. and he was he tours all over the world still wow. uh, doing Dixieland and he played some guitar and he was just had a baby. And my folks were like, you know what we'll do? We're, we're going to get all the neighborhood kids to take guitar lessons from you on Saturday morning to, so we can get you some money. So we would all line up gotcha. and one at a time we'd go into my parents' bedroom and <laughs> wow. take guitar he would show lessons. You a little bit. And he taught me how to finger pick. Oh, like hey. in like fourth grade. So, wow. so that's how I got into finger style. And it, that led to me loving like Leo Kotke and that kind of yeah. stuff. And that kind of led to my folk career yeah. and all that stuff. So that's yeah. how it all started. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's cool. So <clears throat> a jazz clarinet player teaching you how to finger pick. Yeah. Ragtime. <laughs> well, it was, he taught me this thing called four finger rag, which I, I know to this day. Oh, wow. It's, it was, and I, I was talking to him. So it's I, not like the folk finger picking that we're thinking. No, of. no, it's this is like thing. Travis picking with you know four four fingers. Gotcha. You're, you know, and uh, you know when you're young, you don't think about the mountain you're climbing. You just sort of climb it. And, yeah, yeah. And and it and it worked. And wow, uh, that was pretty cool. And uh, so it, it just that's that's where I got my guitar start. Hey, that's cool. Yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, huh? And then um. So you're you're kind of learning how to play, and what would you call it? Rat, you ragtime. Yeah, it was ragtime. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you, these days I guess you call it finger style guitar or something. Yep. Maybe. Yeah. There's yep. probably a bunch of different names for it. Wow. And, and I guess you call Travis picking like if you're double basing or tri you know, yeah. Ultimately, you triple bass and you're going. Yep. Dun, 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 dun. It's almost like stride piano. It, exactly but on guitar. On guitar. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. Wow. That's kind of cool. It was. And then, so you're doing that young. Doing that young. And I, I you know, it, it's weird because I, I feel like I, I was a late starter on electric guitar. I didn't even get one until college. And Oh, wow. And then I started taking, uh, <laughs> my, my goal was to go to music school at Ithaca College. So I, oh. I, I went and I started taking basic theory classes. And then I realized I was like, you know, six years behind everybody oh, who had okay. been taking theory and, and playing in bands. And, and so anyway, I, I changed my plan a little and started taking private lessons and jazz labs, things that I could handle one at a time and kind yep. of like build up my, my uh, repertoire of uh, music theory and, uh, you know, use it practically, you know, figure out how to yeah, yeah. plug it into what I wanted to do. And That's cool. Yeah. And that's uh, also about that time I was, I was taking jazz lab on bass and oh, wow. playing bass in bands, which is, we had talked about. I yeah, was like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. back into playing bass again. Wow. I'm really digging it. It's like, yeah, yeah. But you know, back in those days I was playing a lot of bass. Huh? Wow. Interesting. Uh, so rock and roll, when did rock and roll guitar playing? Kinda it, it really sort of hit in mid college. Wow. Um, I, Ithaca, Ithaca was a huge music scene. I you mean, would say had, before that you were like a folky or you're still doing the, yeah, the rag pretty time much. Thing. I mean, in high school, I met a kid, uh, two people that kind of influenced me, uh, a fellow named Dave, David Lowenstein, who turned me on to uh, Hot Tuna. Oh, okay. And that really clicked yeah, because yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. I know how to play that, and I know all those tunes because sure. I grew up listening to the originals. Right? Sure, sure. <laughs> so sure. I, I started learning all the Hot Tuna tunes, and wow. then that morphed into into Leo Kotke. And, okay. Uh, um, and and. Ultimately, a folk career with a bunch of CDs, and I, I actually got to open for Leo a bunch of times, and Yorma hey. uh, Kalkin in, in from Hot Tuna. So, wow, um, I ended up uh, playing with my guitar hero. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so that that strand was there. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Wow. So not your typical. Uh, saw well, you wouldn't be old enough, but not the typical saw Beatles on Ed Sullivan and started there, which no, is interesting. Not at all. Yeah, no. kind of no. cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's different. And then I started, uh, you know, in college, I just, I, everybody wanted to rock and roll. So I was, I was trying to play catch up because all the guys that I knew already knew how to play electric I guitar. See. And I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amplifiers. What's that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Wow. So, so I, I, I always felt like I was a little behind the eight ball in terms of electric. Okay. Music, but. And then when did you, um, 
did you have a couple of things going at the same time all the time or early on it was really ju- mostly just my folk career you know okay. i was jamming with people just trying to figure out how to play wow. and um but the, the the acoustic stuff really seemed to be where i had the skill set at that point um okay and uh you know i i also figured out that i well the weird thing is i i started my folk career doing instrumental fingerstyle guitar and i realized that people were responding much more when i was singing oh right so there you know people are used to vocals and sure. and, a, and a melody and and lyrics and stuff so i was like so that got me started writing you know more oh. uh, vocal material okay. and led to like five folk albums like which i you know yeah. worked with vic yep and I keep forgetting whether we talked about this on air. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but we right. know Vic Steffens both yeah. from a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. So, and Vic got me going in uh, in the recording studio, and that mm. morphed into the Carry Boys because at that time, the weird thing is, you, now you and I were playing together in the extras, right? And then when you left, Bernie Sirocco took over, right? And John Duty came to us and said, "Listen, I I missed my I, my St. Patrick's Day guy is gone." Oh. Can can the extras do St. Patrick's Day and learn a couple of Irish tunes? Oh. So I said sure, and literally just about the same time, I met Mark Jones okay. from Ireland, um, and he was like, "You Ooh. know, I, I want to do an album. You know, we hit it off." And I said, "Well, here's Vic. Let's do an album. I'll do your album. Oh. I'll help you with your album I at see. Vic's." Yeah. And that got the Carry Boys started. Wow. So, yeah. So that all happened sort of all at once, and yeah, yeah. the extras did. St. Patrick's Day at duties for many years. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know. I mean, my good friend Colin was the vocalist in the group. Right. I didn't even know he played banjo. So all of a sudden we're like this Irish rock wow. hey. at duties. And that wow. got us going. And we played St. Patrick's Day for probably 30 day, thirty years. Yeah, together. yeah, yeah. Um, 20 of them at Maggie McFly's in Middlebury. It was a huge event. Wow. Crazy. So who all was in that? Um, you know, Irish Exorcist was... Uh, was uh, um, the extras, Mike right. Newton, oh, um, right, Bernie right, Sirocco, right. Um, who, uh, Mike Newton, who passed away sure. recently, yeah. very sadly, but yeah, uh, real sad. tr- uh, tremendous guy, amazing yeah. bass player. And then Bernie Sirocco, another kind of yep. legend uh, yeah, in I wonder where he is. I wonder if I get him in. You know, I was just talking to Jim Florian. And oh, he good. plays with him still. And oh, all they right. play down on the shoreline, and uh, he's doing I, good. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. I'll reach out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wow. So, Let's see. I, you know, it's it's a convoluted story, but uh, a lot of things sort of happened at the same time and then branched off. The Carry Boys are still going, and that's yeah, like right. f- almost 40 years. And that's you and... Um, Mark is no longer playing because he's, you know, he's just having some physical uh, sure. trouble. So, but um, uh, uh, Tony Pascoloni, a longtime right. bass player, and uh, uh, Paul Neary on banjo. Uh, and occasionally we have uh, Colleen Phyllis uh, fill in on fiddle. Um, mm. She plays with the Highland Rovers, who are kind of a, yeah, an yeah, iconic yeah, group yeah. down in the, the southern Connecticut as well. That's cool. Yeah. Was the Irish thing, was it a stretch for you? Or were no, you it's like, folk music. okay, I can kind of... Yeah, it's folk yeah, music. Yeah, and yeah. and I, uh, my, my good friend Mary Moran, her dad, mm-hmm. uh, Johnny Moran, was uh, a, a, an Irish folk singer in Connecticut. Okay. So what I did is I, I, I called him up and said, Johnny send me a tape with like the five songs I need to know right, for right. St. Patrick's Day. And he did. And so that got me started. Hey. Yeah. So, um, you know, and every year we'd learn more. We, well, the great thing is um, Cutler's music ha- always had like these, you know, 199 tapes that yep. you could, you could buy Irish yep. drinking tunes and we would yep. just buy all of them and learn all of them. You know? yep. Why not? <laughs> and then I started writing uh for the Carry Boys, and in fact, I, I'd say wow. we probably do forty percent original at this original point. Original Irish tunes, yeah, that's heavy. And sea shanties. I was really into like uh, Ship of the Lion <laughs> yeah, era. We'll get, oh yeah, we You on? were involved that's in great. that too. Yeah, yeah, I was. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh wow. So when so duties wants you to play St. Patrick's Day. Is it like I don't know? Do people even know the difference? Or they do, they want like are there Irish music experts around here? That oh my god, like, yeah. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, were you do, was it like uh oh I'm getting into a scene, or you just felt like I could do this? Yeah, yeah no, we fell into it easily. And I, I mean, Colin's last name is O'Neill minus Campbell. You know, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're already in. We're we're there, uh, and mm. so yeah, so we would learn 
more songs each year and it, wow. and it was always a crazy event and that's cool um yeah it was uh and colin's dad uh god bless him would get up and you know sing a couple of songs with us and wow uh, were you like why did we even bother with the extras all these years? like were you instantly like we're a different band like oh we should have done this well it's it's that's funny funny because it's really you know you only get one gig a year <laughs> But we okay, loved never it. Mind. We yeah. loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and but it did lead to um, a significant part of my career, no doubt about it. Yeah, right. Just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just never know what kind of turns. I mean, yeah. a lot of my career, I would say, happened at times when I yeah, when yeah, yeah. turn up the music thing. Yeah, we'll get to that, which we will get to. Yeah, it yeah. Happened on a Monday night. I it, no yeah. idea at a restaurant. I was not supposed to be playing Irish music. And I played an Irish song and met a guy through the Irish tune. He's like, yeah, yeah. I got a record company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, let, let's get to that. Let's okay. back up just a little bit. So let me see mm -hmm. if I could figure out. So I was in high school and I had my kind of my basement original band, like the first guys I ever was kind of playing with trying to make something with. And we decided we were going to, make make a I don't know what we thought we were doing make a record or something and we found you in the advocate and recorded in your basement oh that's where I met you oh my god that was me wow. you remember that you don't even remember vaguely that. I I remember that's uh, where I met you yeah there were there were a couple of uh couple of folks I kind of heard about I iconically you know in the yeah. state that showed up in my basement yeah 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 and you were one of yeah, them yeah. apparently yeah so you had a setup you you <clears throat> am I right? It yes. was in the Advocate, right? Yep. We were just looking for yeah, because we didn't. I think we had like a two track. We had a machine, yeah, and it was like, well, we're gonna try and make a real recording, yep. drum kits, and we must mm. have found you in the Advocate. Mm. So, Do you remember that drum kit? That it, it was a, a, a like cherry. You had roto toms. I remember that. Like that. I did. Yep. Oh I have the record. I'll play oh the recordings God. for I, it. I can't wait I to have hear them. that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So you, how did you get into, so you had enough of a rig where you mm -hmm. were advertising. Yeah. So it was yeah. the early days of, of home studios, which yeah. was pretty basic. You know, you had a reel to reel, like four track probably yep. to start with Yep. a couple of mic pre's and a couple of mics and you just yep. kind of threw it all together. That's it. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> I think we mixed it down to like cassette or some crazy. Probably. Thing. Yeah. Probably did. Huh. Yeah. We got it done. Yeah. I think we made like a. You know, we did like the two song demo or whatever yeah. and did everything. Yeah. Did the vocals in the laundry room. <laughs> you had the, you know what I mean? We would do the, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Gosh, those were the days. Yeah. I, that was that. that was stuff. Yeah. You didn't think twice about just going for it, you know? Yeah. No, I remember com coming through the house and going down into the basement. <laughs> yep. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That was in, uh, well, Prospect, right? Yep. All right, and then there's another story. Remember when I followed you home high on ether? Because my <laughs> well, back up a little because you you joined the extras. Yeah. Um, after Vic uh, Vic Steffens. Yep. I don't know if he if he technically left or he was just like, I got this guy for yeah, you. I think he, he just sort it. of plugged you in. That's the way he did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I started my career. <clears throat> Right, you know those guys. It was cool. You know that was like uh, we played at the Grotto and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, not real like gigs. You know, not like a paying gig or something. Yeah. Yeah, and right about the time when Vic was starting to f open his stu his studio business, he was starting to fob off his gigs to me because I was about you know seventeen, eighteen, just getting ready to. And his thing was like, you need to learn how to do this for real if you're going to do it. And it, it just so happened. Yeah. So he probably would like, I can't make it, but I'm going to send somebody. Yeah. And it was Tom Stankus. Yep. And you yep. it was pretty much, I think where it started <clears throat> was the extras. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. It's Mike Newton and you yep. and, and Colin. Colin. That was it. Yep. Yep. The extras. Is there anybody else? That, no, that was, I it. don't think yeah. so. Yeah. That Four was piece. it. That's yep. a band. I remember. Yep. Remember when I was uh, late for the Liberty Bell? Oh, Remember that? Oh my god, uh, dude! I I uh, now wait a second. Was that your mom's fault? Because she no, used to drive that, you to the gigs. No, no, no. <laughs> my car broke. All right, so we we had all <clears throat> kinds of gigs. You know, the Liberty Bell was a thing. Mm -hmm. It was fun. It was. Yeah, yeah. It was like a boat. I don't know what what would you call it. 
it was a cruise boat. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, a smallish cruise yeah, boat, and they would do like a booze cruise, a booze like, cruise, like like four thirty in the afternoon yep. on a Friday or something like yep. that. Or Thursday. leave from uh, Long Wharf mm-hmm. and go God knows where, mm-hmm. and there would be a band on it. Yep, and uh, we had a gig. I was leaving. My car broke down on the way to the gig. Mm. Like I was, I know exactly where I was, getting ready to go. This is pre cell phone or anything. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. And it was right? like, I didn't know what to do. My car broke. I was freaking out. And one of my uh, friends was driving by and I waved him down. I said, what are you doing for the next four hours? And he was like, <laughs> nothing. And I'm like, you're coming to my gig. You're going to drink heavily. You're going to drink heavily. <laughs> Loaded the drums. And I remember <clears throat> driving down. You had to drive down then this narrow jetty mm-hmm. to get to the boat. And you guys were already playing and the boat was almost leaving. <laughs> and I pulled up and said, "Wait, I'm here," <clears throat> and came on and set up, and off we went. And that was that was the gig. Well, here's here's another memory. Crazy. We played some weird club on a top floor somewhere, and I can't remember somewhere in the valley, I think. And you know, we're setting up, and you showed up with a bass drum, a snare, and a hi hat, and yeah, we're probably. all freaking out. Yeah, yeah. And it sounded amazing. Oh, really? Oh, oh. my God. It, we were just like, dude, you're the king. Wow. <laughs> I, I remember going through that phase. Yeah. Oh, I, it was great. I went through a thing. <clears throat> I was, um, it doesn't matter. It's not about me. But I I just realized, I was like, I need to not play any fills for the next year. Yep. Like, just, I, I can't because I want to focus on the groove. I want to kind of see if I can figure this thing out. Because I felt like I had, if I could do that, no one else had the discipline to kind of do that. Yeah. I thought if I do this, I'm going to have the deepest groove in the world and that'll be my thing. Yeah. Because I just realized at a certain point I couldn't compete with the chops wise. So I was like, yeah. so I remember, yeah, people would be like, when are you going to bring a Tom? Uh, I'm like, not yet, not yet. Not you know, yet. I have to say that that really opened my eyes. I mean, I remember to this day because I was like, wow, you can do an awful lot with. I was too hyper. I was, so I was great. like, I can't distract myself. I'm just not going to bring them. Yep. I did, yeah, I did did hat kick snare, mm-hmm. and then one, I had a tom. Then I brought a tom for a while, because people would be like, can you please bring a tom? <laughs> I brought one tom, and one it tom. took me years before. Now I'm just a four-piece kit. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and so, um, just gig stories. Yeah. Um, we could probably talk about gig stories yeah, I know, forever. We yeah. So <laughs> Turn up the music. We were, yeah. we were going there. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I went... <clears throat> So you lived in Prospect. I remember yep. your old house. Yep. And I don't remember where we played, but it was the dead of winter. Mm-hmm. And I was loading my gear. Yep. I had my, you know, put a load of stuff in. And what I didn't realize was when I put my first load of drums in, it hit. I had a can of de-icer back in the day mm-hmm. when we didn't care about the planet or whatever. <laughs> aerosol de-icer. And it got stuck on and it filled my whole car with fumes of ether or whatever it was. And I came back, oh, damn, I didn't realize, you know. But by then it was too late. Loaded up the drums and I got in the car and I was so high that I'm like, I don't remember how to get home. I don't even know how you got to my house. Were you just following me? And then I said, (laughs) I said, I know where Pierce lives and I know how to get home from Pierce's house. So I'm going to follow him home and then figure it out. And I had the window down. I'm like trying to get sober. I'm following you and following you and following you. And then you pull up to this strange house and like get out of the car. And you're like, what are you doing? Do you want to come in? Like, why are you following me? And I was like, where are we? And you're like, I'm home. And you moved. <laughs> oh, that's and I was like, funny. wait, what? And you're like, what are, what are you, what are you doing? And I said, I was going to follow you to your house in prospect because I know how to get home from there. And you're like, this is a different house, dude. <laughs> I'm like, oh, and you gave me directions, and I got home. Well, I hope I hope I made you sit for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just so funny. You're, yeah. Anyway, um, I, do they even make de-icer anymore? Uh, Probably, not. Yeah. Probably not. Probably yeah, not. I was cool. gonna say, don't, don't, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, um, so extras. When did that start? How did that happen? Um, I was living in Ithaca with, with Co. Um, and we, we both kind of. Is that where you guys met? 
No, no, she's she's from Waterbury. I knew her oh, okay. from uh, hanging out at a place called the Wal- Walters Gallery in Woodbury, which was kind of like the the hippie coffee shop, wow. music, yeah, poetry yeah. kind of yeah. place. And she moved to Ithaca with me. Okay, and it was after 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 college, and I we both kind of wanted to stay there, but. I mean, she was, she was an RN. She couldn't even find work, you know? Oh, wow. And I, I was looking around going, well, there's not, there's a music scene here, but if you want to go outside of town, everything's like five hours away. Yeah, right, you know? right. So sure. we decided to move back to Connecticut. And <clears throat> somehow, oh, yeah. So I met, I met Tony. Okay. No, wait a second. I got to back up. Yeah, yeah. It, it, some of this is a little foggy, yeah, in my yeah, brain, but sure. um, I met Mike Newton. I'm not sure where exactly, yeah, yeah. but we he he actually started working with us at at Colleen's stores, right? Dava, right? And somehow John Raspoli, who you know, yep. well, ended yep. up somehow I met him too. And I'm not even yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. a lot of this happened through the advocate, honestly. Yeah. Right. You Remember know, you, those you days? answered ads. Yeah, I sure. mean, I, that's how I got the five satins gig. Wow. Was, was yeah, from yeah. an ad in the advocate. And, um, imagine that. And then, you know, a lot of, a lot of that early time is a little fuzzy because yeah, a yeah. lot of people kind of came and went yep. in that band until it sort of coalesced with yep. Colin. Yep. Uh, and for the life of and me, where did he come from? Well, he lived in Guilford, and somehow I met him through yeah, some yeah. friends, and yeah, yeah. we got, you know, we just started the band. I, yep. I you know, some of the the uh, initial uh, happenings are, uh, I who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so probably through Mike Newton came Vic, probably if I had to guess. Yeah, right or something. Who knows? Yeah, so crazy. Um, but I, I started working on on some solo projects as I decided I wanted to. I, I played briefly with a band called Jet playing bass okay. was kind of like a big you know kind of heavier style band yeah and i met tony because he was taking my place in jet as the bass player because um, i decided i wanted to pursue my original stuff and yeah. we were sort of doing that with the extras a bit yep. i mean we did try yep. to go to new york a bunch of times yep. and meet people i remember and, playing originals with that band. yeah um so yeah and then that sort of coalesced we sort of coalesced with you, really, and Vic. Oh, and um, yeah. So that was sort of, sort of the band till Bernie came in for the the last year or two yep. or whatever it was, and um, and then after that, I just sort I I think Colin wanted to leave and do something else, and I I wanted to do my my original stuff, my folk stuff, because yep. I was writing a lot of that stuff and yep. trying to get good at that, and um, that was about the time I started putting studio stuff yeah. together as well. Yeah, we went to Woodstock. I made records. Remember? Oh right, that was my s- third, third album, but second CD maybe. I don't yeah. know. Scott Petito up yeah. in uh, um, NRS recording, yep. and, and Scott's like going gangbusters. Holy oh good! Smokes. Oh my gosh, he's hey, that's cool. Doing really well. He's very, he's uh, very well uh, respected and utilized cool. in the jazz circuit for sure. Oh right, yeah, yeah, so. that's cool. Yeah, I remember that was that was a big deal. So I will I will give you a compliment from from Scott. Because oh. after we did all of that, he, he goes, you know, I don't normally let people bring their own drummers because a lot of times it doesn't work out. But he said, that guy was great. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, that's cool. Thanks. Yeah. So that was, that was, that was that's nice. cool. Well, I knew you were, which is why I had you come up. <laughs> well, you know, I, I try. Yeah. You know, um, so there, so the original thing, you got a couple of things going on by then. Yeah, I mean the Carry Boys are going, yep. um, and I was trying to make some headway in the folk circuit. Okay, uh, you know with with writing, and yep. so I mean I did like five CDs trying to do that stuff. And yeah. then, I mean I, I think ultimately I discovered that there's a certain level I could get to, and whether or not I could make a a, a living at sure. that was maybe tough. And I I, I kind of did some soul searching and realized that. You know, one of my fortes was being versatile, doing a lot of things. So <clears throat> I said, well, you should play to your strengths. I mean, that's yep. always what, what they sure. say. And so I decided to, you know, do a lot of different things. I, I met at a at a showcase for senior shows, um, a fellow named John Banker. 
Okay. And John's a multi-instrumentalist. He was the band leader for uh, the Coast Guard Band. Oh, okay. And um, I saw him do this thing, this showcase, where he played like a ton of instruments, yeah, a yeah. lot of different styles of music. He's like... That I just was like that guy's got this figured out. He's like, oh, wow. you do a lot of different kinds of music, kind of plug in different bands in different places at different times. I mean, he had a an oompa band for even for you know, uh, uh, the what's the German beer festival? Yeah, like Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, he had a band for everything. Wow. And I was like, okay, I see how you can do this. Yeah, I see yeah, how you yeah. can make a living playing music. By, right. By right. doing a bunch of things, plugging them into different venues at different times of the year. Sure. Carry boys were already happening. Yep. You know, I had March plugged. I had summertime with yep. with Town Greens. I started. We started doing Town Greens with the Carry Boys thirty five years ago when like wow. nobody was doing them. They, yeah, right. People right, were right, like, right. "What's a Town Greens show?" Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, now it's like the you know everybody's like, "I got to do Town Greens." Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, that, you know, and that's that's how I kind of switched gears a little to sort of what I'm doing now and winding down a bit in some respects. It was just like more, more things, more than just one thing. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And that's about also about the time when um, the turn up the music thing happened, which was happening at the same time as the folk career and the Carry Boys. All right, well then, what, yeah, okay, well, so what, wait, <laughs> Connecticut, weren't you? What's the thing you were Connecticut? State? Oh, State Troubadour. That's that's right. Totally forgot about that. Hey. That, you know, that was like a two-year stint. Okay. Um, I, you know, it, it was fun. It looks good on a resume. I, sure. I, I don't know if it did anything for mm-hmm. my career, but it was, it's a nice thing to have, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And how does that happen? Who? Oh, you, you, uh, you, you apply, you write a song about um, Connecticut, and then uh, you get juried, and somebody, <laughs> you know, a bunch of people vote you yay or nay. And, cool. Um, and then you're that, you're the thing. You're, you're it. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was fun. Why not? When was that? Uh, 2007 and eight, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then the turn up the music thing. Tell us what that is. Yes. All right. So I'm, I'm playing at a place called Rosie Tomorrow's on a Monday night. Yeah. It was a regular gig for me. And I, and I, I, I don't know why it wasn't March, but I was like, I'm going to play a couple Irish tunes. Why not? I'm kind of bored or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Shake it up. <clears throat> and on the break, a guy, you know, says, sure, you know, come on over. And so I, I went over and he goes, listen, I'm, I'm, I, I'm so-and-so from, and we've got a, I've got a record company in New Jersey and we have, are putting out our first Irish CD. And I just noticed that you're doing Irish tunes. Do you have any record? And I said, yeah, yeah I got a bunch of them. Sure. So I said, you know, send me some tunes. Let me, because he, he gave me a list of tunes they were trying to put on the album. And I said, well, I already have several of those recordings. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. immediately they licensed those songs. And then he said, do you have capability to record? I said, oh yeah. And, you know, I can, sure. I, I do recording all the time. So he gave me a list of tunes they wanted. And I said, no problem. I'll, I'll bang these out in a week for you. And, hey. and they put them all in their first Irish CD. So anyway, he was going to release a CD without anyone to do the stuff yet. That's funny. He, well, so you were part of what they called the hit crew. Now yeah, yeah. I should back up. Turn okay. up the music is 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 also called Drew's famous party mix, and they put out party CDs in all the party stores throughout the the country. Yep, I mean it was big business, and sure. they, you know, so their idea was you put out a hundred CDs in a year and hope that ten of them catch, right? Yeah, sure. And so that was their and and their other model was that they had people like me re-record songs, right? in all sorts of genres because it's cheaper to have somebody re-record it. Then so license. Not, then, well, they still have to license the, the song, but not the original sure. material. Sure. <clears throat> so that was their business model. So they have a bunch of guys like me all over the c- country, yep. you know, they, and they, they would call you up or e- email and say, we need this song for this price in a week. Or whatever, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And you'd say okay, and then you'd put the guys together and, and record it, and wow. and you know, hopefully make a little money at the yeah. same time. And uh, yeah, so the Irish thing started it off, and then then they discovered I could do a lot of different things. And you and I did one of their what, yeah. one of their evergreens, hey. which was a hit, was a thing called uh, a tribute to Don Ho. You know uh-huh. that one? Yep, <laughs> I do. So the so the thing is. This is, I guess, back in the day, probably. They, well, they don't exist anymore. No, no. I think they they licensed 
they, yeah, yeah. they still license, but they're mostly making money or maybe the, the original guy is on, on, um, downloads on, yeah, right. Cause they've got all the, all their material. And sure. just before CDs kind of stopped, yep. they were reaching out to everybody they knew, including myself to say, listen, I, you know, we want your catalog so that we can license it. Sure. You know, down the road. Sure. You, know, you said that would be $1 million. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't have anything to license. So I, yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you already own all my material. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so back in the day when CDs were, were the, the big medium, mm-hmm. you would go to the party store, mm-hmm. get your balloons and your whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you were having a Hawaiian theme party, there might be conveniently mm-hmm. placed display of Hawaiian music yeah. or Irish music. Exactly. Or, yep. And those were you and other and, people. And other people. Yep. Yeah. I pitched, uh, one of the first ideas I pitched to him was campfire, uh, Kids campfire songs. Why not? You know, all the old stuff that we used to sing yeah, when yeah, we were yeah. kids, right? I don't think it did very well, but they, they actually recorded it all, so hey. put it out, so that's well, kept, out there. Kept you busy. Yeah. And they would call up and ask me to write a kid's song call, you know, for Halloween, uh, Trick or Treat, Smell My Feet. Yeah, right, right. You okay. Know, can you do that? Here we in go. In a week and have it recorded. Yeah, sure, no problem. And you were good with that. Well, you know, I found that under pressure... It worked really well. I don't know yeah, why, right. but you, you just get it done, you know? You ever wonder if your full career was under pressure? If you would have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> if if, you, if there was a record company going, come on, you got to get, you yeah. know, instead of doing it yourself. Yeah, right. Maybe. That could, yeah. That's funny. So that, you know, that was, that was fun because that, it allowed me to really, I mean, I, you you were there doing a lot of recordings. You know, it was my house. It was yeah, yeah. and it wasn't all that well set up for recording, well, but it wasn't worked. bad though. <clears throat> yeah, we got a good thing going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I was able to, you know, they allowed me to to buy good gear and get yep. a lot better at recording because I was literally recording all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is wonderful, and you know, at your at your home, you know. Yeah. How many of those did you make all told? Can you even? I don't know because I did a lot of like single song things oh, for okay. them, in ter- okay. and and okay. when CDs started to slow down, I I morphed over into um, CD mastering, which is bizarre because yeah. I don't really have a mastering studio, but I was listening to stuff coming in because a lot of times I would master a CD that I recorded most everything, but they'd throw some stuff in that was already, and some of the stuff was like. Oh my lord! Yeah, you just gotta match. I, the you levels. gotta kind of yeah. figure out how to match EQs, and some of it sounded horrible, and some of it sounded okay. And all of a sudden, they're like, "You're the mastering guy now." Well, I heard a couple of things that came from real mastering houses that they paid some money for, and I was like, "Oh man, I could do I could do as well as that," because I I think what happened is a lot of times, you know, fancier studios would would just throw the stuff on a CD player and let it ride and not really actually yeah, right. pay attention right so right because they're like it's doesn't mean anything it's a party cd you know what I right mean? and so i sat there and what happened is ultimately i i would i got really good at knowing what to do with the song to fit it in with everything else so yeah. i just started making a catalog of songs and at a certain point of you know a couple of years later i was able to almost almost any cd they wanted i could plug songs in, songs in i already had mastered gotcha right so it took me like Half an hour to make so you're to just master scene. reconfiguring, just putting reconfiguring them levels out. and sending them the the uh, the codes. Right? Hey, that's cool. They yeah. must have been psyched that the guy heard you play an Irish tune. You're like, you're like, get you're helping them in myriad different ways. Yeah, yeah, cool. So wow, that that's cool. awesome. Yeah, wow. And uh, well, you you played a lot of tracks. I did. <laughs> I did. We did. I the ones I remember. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> A Don Ho album. Mm-hmm. So everything would be done except the drum. So everything was to a click. So all I had to do was listen to the song, make notes, and just run it down. Yep. So we could do an entire album in a whatever, however afternoon. long. I yeah, mean, in an afternoon. A yep. couple of them in an afternoon for yep. sure. Yep. We did an entire Jimmy Buffett album, um, which I hate Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> um, so that was that was difficult. But yep. I'm, but I'm up for a challenge. I mean, I'm not like, no, I refuse. I, okay, let me figure this out. Yeah. But I remember that day, I was just like, oh, my God. Well, I think I was freaking out about that album, too, because when I realized, when I said yes to the, the project, yeah. I didn't realize, I was like, oh, I've got two weeks to do a fully produced album. 
like with yeah, right. everything. Yeah, nobody it. does. And I, was that. Like, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? I think I called them up. I was like freaking out. And they were yeah, like, no, yeah. no, you can do it. We know you can do it. They talked me down. It was great. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. Did you, what are the sales? Did you ever even find out? Nope. So you no don't idea. even know what their biggest one was? Oh, well, they told me that the Don Ho one was one of their biggest sellers. Yeah. <clears throat> that's so funny. Hey, that's cool. Yeah, I have that. I have that somewhere. You know, it's Funny. it's really interesting to see how vastly the music business has changed. You yeah. know, how many things have like come and gone, things that you you know maybe yeah. thought would be around forever and Yeah, yeah. It's like, wow, who knew 30 years ago where we'd be now with Yeah, you know, right. no hard copy of anything. You know? yeah, it's yeah, like holy yeah. smokes. Um did, when you were doing all that busy, you were were you still playing or were you just oh, like Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. It must have been like the busiest time of your life. Well, I I don't think I was playing as much as I I was, let's say pre-COVID. I mean, I okay. I literally was doing 320 shows a year and and probably back then I was maybe doing 150, 175. Yeah. But, but still, you're making an album every day yes. in your head. Yeah. Lord. Yeah. Hey, that's it, cool. And but, I I'm not sure how when the five satins plugged in, but oh, that okay. was in the middle of it all too. <laughs> so talk about that. Okay, so I answered an ad in the Advocate for the Five Satins, and and this would have been when early nineties, I okay. think. And I I ended up playing with the, the Five Satins for like two years, I think, or a year and wow. a half or something. Yeah, but I, it was really lucky timing because uh, so we had a we had a keyboard player who was like the musical director, yep. and he played keyboard bass mm -hmm. um and the drummer was a, a friend that i was playing with we were trying to do original stuff going down to new york and stuff like that sure uh jim bruno and okay. uh so the both of us they were looking for a guitar so we both joined at the same time and wow. so learned learned the set and i i don't know what i thought was gonna i just Thought it would be fun and something different, but it turns out the timing was incredible because there was this, a fellow named um, uh, Richard Nader who okay. was doing uh, these really large oldies revival shows that were okay huge. Yeah, there would yeah. be like twenty bands on, yeah, on yeah, a bill, yeah. and we we got to play. Now I was lucky because Fred did uh, he just passed away sure. last year? I, yep. I guess it was. Yep, and he didn't like to. He, he was one of the only bands that insisted that he bring his own band. Now everybody else used a house band. Sure. Right. Yep. So, and, and, and for good reason, because you've got 20 bands on a bill, everybody yeah, right. gets 15 minutes. Sure, you're, sure. Just, you're bang, you're yeah, on, just, off. Yeah. <clears throat> but Fred insisted on bringing his own band, which is us. And, but we got to play the garden spectrum. Wow. The Meadowlands. Wow. The Beacon Theater. Whoa. Symphony Hall in yeah. both Philadelphia and, and Boston. Whoa. I mean, and, and a whole bunch of like uh, Italian, uh, you know, nightclubs in sure. New Jersey with limos out front. Sure. I'll say no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are on very good behavior. <laughs> oh, you'll do the gig. You ever hear <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> you'll do the gig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was just a tremendous opportunity. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm always thankful to Fred. Um, you know, we, we would all load into a van in New Haven. We'd drive to New York to pick up our bass man, Bernard. A couple of the other guys from New Jersey would meet us at the gigs. And uh, Here we go. It was, it was quite something. That's cool. <laughs> wow. That's, pre that's pretty wild. And I had a couple of, uh, I have a couple of recordings from it. And I oh, was really? Like, huh, actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, that's, yeah, he did die last year. I do this yeah. year-end <clears throat> uh, podcast, like, mixes of people who died. And it's a four parter this year. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if my source, I might, I, I can't keep track. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to a better source for people. Mm. So there's more or whether more people died, mm. but it's like a four part. It's like over six hours. Wow. And he is, he did die last year yeah. because I know, because I yep. just went through the list. Yeah. yeah it's kind of, yeah. In case anybody doesn't know, I, one of the things that put Connecticut on the map in the still of the night. By the Five Satins mm -hmm. is a New yep. Haven, Connecticut yep. product. I mean, it's been voted sure on one of, you know one of the big radio stations in New, in New York, like the the best oldies tune of all time. Or Could some be crazy thing. I it, don't know. It definitely easily one of them. But I will tell you that there were. I was really impressed because I I think 
can't remember if it was the garden or the spectrum, but we, one of the, one of the big gigs and we're yeah. in the dressing room and Howlin' Wolf and, oh, it had to be the garden because Howlin' Wolf and Chuck Berry came down specifically to say hi to Fred Oh, and they're chatting wow. away and we're sitting just going, just freaking out, you know? That's and, crazy. Um, it was, it, it was interesting. Howlin' Wolf. To, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's they were crazy. talking about their crazy youth and all the nutso things they used to do. <laughs> Can't even hoping, imagine. hoping not to get arrested. Oh, God. <laughs> and and sometimes getting arrested. Yep. I'll tell you, Chuck Berry had the place, the, the garden rocking. It, yeah. it kind of freaked me out because the floor where we were backstage was going up and down. Oh, and wow. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to die tonight. Yeah, yeah. Chuck Berry. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Oh. I believe it. But, man, he had that place rocking. Holy yeah. smokes. I bet. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I got it. There's a brand new... Uh, Chuck Berry biography. It's on my hmm. pile. Let me read that. Yeah, next. that just sounds, came out. That's good. Yeah. Well, two of the, two of the people I used to love to listen to, um, Leslie Gore and Lou Christie. Oh yeah. Always sing a duet of Lightning Strikes Strikes Again and yeah. It's My Party. And honestly, God, they they sang so amazingly well that you the hair used to stand up on oh, the back wow. of my neck. It was just like, hey, that's cool. Wow. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't yeah, I think Lou Christie's from Pittsburgh, I think, because that okay. was kind of a thing. Yeah, wow, that's kind of wild. All right, and then you're, yeah, I'm creeping up on 15 minutes. So I want to make oh, sure we got okay. Um, so all of that, when Drew's party music when that ended, it just mm-hmm. ended just like that, or did you have it? Kind of did wind down pretty quick. I mean, I, I had I I got sort of eased out of it because of. I was able to CD master. I mean, they weren't right. maybe recording anymore, right, right, but they right. were like putting CDs out. Yep. So I was still able to uh, to do work for them. But I, I'd say it lasted maybe about 15 years. And wow. Yeah, I mean, it was good. Hey, that's cool. It was worth it. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, good. Yeah. That's cool. Um, it was, uh, I mean, I, wor- I worked my butt off, but I learned a lot. And Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it was budget work, but we, if you do enough budget work, it adds up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we were talking about, like... Um, yeah, nobody will ever know because I, I, I kind of, I got this weird, weird one of my weird things is I collect, or I, or I don't collect, I keep an eye out for like old vinyl oddities, uh, you know, like budget label things that are, because a lot of times you find out that some, because we were talking about this last week, like some of that stuff is, they're great A-list players, just moonlighting mm-hmm. on for these budget labels and that's yeah. how the conversation started. Yeah. You're like, well, we used to do that. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. We did. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. So you never know. So there's the Don Ho, there's there's the Drew's famous party records floating around. Nobody knows who's on them. No. Nope. It's you. Yep. Who's on a lot of them. That's funny. All right. One last story about Drew's with yeah, which yeah. always kills me. <laughs> is I get a Colin from uh Colin O'Neill from the sure. Extras. He calls me up one day and he goes, Dude, I was just at a party. And I swear to God, there was a CD on. I I swear to God, it was you. And I said it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. I'll just tell you right now that it was. Yeah, whatever it was. So there you go. People yeah. did yeah. go out and buy CDs specifically for sure. parties. Yeah, yeah, you're like, what? Were you at a Hawaiian themed party? Because it might have that would have yeah. been. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's me. Were you at a, ch- a children's campfire party? You know, like yeah. yeah, that's could have been that one. What was the weirdest? Uh, well, no. What could have been like? What was the oddest request? What would what did you go like? Oh, I don't know if I could do that. Like, what was a stretch for you? Was there anything that you could think of offhand that was like the you were like, oh, I don't know. In all honesty, no. Oh, okay. Because, I mean, they, you were just like they I, I taught got me. I mean, they taught me that I. I learned that I could trust myself that I could get the work done early on. Okay, and I was like, okay, and I I realized that pressure was really good. I mean, when you have a ton of time to do something, you think about it. I got you. <laughs> you're like, but when you got to get it done, you get it done. Right. And they weren't asking you to do something crazy. Not like, no, no. You know, no. you're just like, okay, I this mean, is music. Some of the crazier ones were like, uh, I'm trying to think of one, uh, some of the kids songs. Yeah, you yeah. Know, the, the, like I said, crisscross applesauce. R- please write me a song called "Crisscross Applesauce for Kids." Yeah, right. I'm okay. Crisscross applesauce. Hmm, yeah, yeah. A, rhy- a word that rhymes with dental floss. I wrote that line. Wow. And and, and something and some other words <laughs> are much my, more tough, like orange. 
Pause. Yeah, zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing rhymes with orange. So you, you and you, you can have a song called "Nothing Rhymes with Orange." Yeah, that could be a good song. That could be good. Yeah. So you know, I, you, you get really creative and and nutso when you just, I don't know, I I seem to do well with, especially with kids' songs. I, yeah. You know, sometimes when they ask me to write. I, I well actually there was one one tune where they asked me to write a a, a song sort of like um, Loggins and Messina or something but called American Made and I just it just wasn't in my wheelhouse I don't know yeah, why yeah, but yeah. you know I just had a hard time plugging that one in yeah. that sounds like it should be easy right compared to crisscross applesauce but one would think <laughs> I guess you never know until you someone don't. says go do yeah, it exactly and then you're like uh, wow. um. How familiar were you, were you with Don Ho music? I I knew Tiny Bubbles. Yeah, yeah. Because, and don't ask me why, but because I don't remember my parents listening to AM radio a lot. Yeah, yeah. Although my dad had a radio show show in New York with, uh, I can't remember his name, uh, somebody that was fairly famous on yeah. the radio in, in New York early on in this century, but um. I, re- I remember an awful lot of songs that I just, I know the lyrics for. Oh, wow. But it, so we were must have been listening to AM radio all the yeah, time, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's just in your consciousness. You just kind yeah. of soak it all up. So you were like, okay, Don Ho, I got it. I could yeah. do this. <laughs> it's pretty wild. Huh. All right, I got some wrap-up wrap okay. questions. Just wrap up. In case we don't play. Is there anything that you want to talk about that we did not talk about? I, you know, I kind of think we covered. Are you sure? Most everything, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll probably get in my car and go. Yeah, well, you can come back. You can come back anytime. I was, you know, that's what happens, too. Yeah. I just want to make sure. I don't want to rush through anything. Um, are you a consistent practicer of your instrument? No. Yeah. I mean, I I was religious yeah, yeah. from college until yeah, yeah. maybe 10 years ago. You get the, you get the ball mean, rolling. Scales and, and arpeggios and all yep. that stuff. Yep. You know, I, I don't have... I don't... I'm not a natural. Yeah, yeah. So it, uh, and so I never could figure out how to pick really fast, and I okay. can. I never became a shredder. I just, yeah, yeah. you know, I play slow and hopefully soulfully once in a while. Yeah. Um. So I, I know what my limitations are, and now, now I, I, the thing I do practice is I'm learning songs all the time. So yeah, that's right, what right. I consider as sure. practice. Sure. You know, I, I literally have 900 songs in my iPad, and I know every one of them. Wow. So I mean. You know that that takes a lot of effort and a lot of time, and that's probably pretty much what I spend most of my time doing now, other than playing bass. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's my new passion. New thing. <clears throat> that's cool. Um, Desert Island albums, a few, a handful oh. that you would take with you. Wow. Or albums that you can't live without. Someone said maybe I should phrase it like that. Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> this is a weird one. It comes back to me, and I don't listen to it a lot, but but. Um, the second Jethro Tull album, oh, the know. one before A- Aqualung, although yeah, Aqualung know. is stunningly amazing too. Yeah, I don't um, know that stuff. And then Genesis Live, the first Genesis Live album oh, is just interesting, crazy good because they're all at the peak of their abilities. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah. how did they do that? <laughs> oh, that's cool. I didn't know you were into that. My, my brother-in-law <clears throat> is a big time Genesis fan and my wife, Paul, have grown up with him. She knows everything. Which is kind of funny. I've seen them maybe four or five times. Really early on, even oh, you know, cool. with P- Peter yeah, Gabriel. Yeah. In fact, we saw Peter Gabriel when he left Genesis. We saw the first show he ever did with Tony Levin playing Chapman Stick. Oh, first wow. time anybody played Chapman Stick live. That's funny. And it was funny because I remember sitting in the audience going, "What is that? Oh, it's it's not all that tight, but I like it." You yeah, know, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. It was their first gig, you know. Wow. And apparently, Tony, uh, I read an article that said he he. He brought the thing into the studio. Had never met Peter Gabriel, brought it into the studio and said, "Listen, I got this new thing. I want to try it out. I think it'll be great." And from then on, yeah, King right. Crimson, crazy, uh, you know, all that so stuff crazy. with the Chapman stick. Necessity, <laughs> like you were saying, yeah. you were saying, make it work. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Any other ones? Um, you don't have to. I guess maybe. An early body raid album, probably Nick of Time or something like that. I, I mean, that's an amazing band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Grooving. Cool. You know, 
Uh, NRBQ. I yeah. gotta, I gotta have some NRBQ. I'm, I'm with you with that yeah. one. Yankee Stadium was yep. an amazing album. And, yep. um, saw them so many times that I, I, I mean, I grew up. You know, I, I wish I could play like Al Anderson. I mean, he's, he's one of my heroes for yep. sure. Me too. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they were the first band. Uh, my older sister was into them when I turned 21. They were the first band I went nice i was like okay finally because i was listening to them and listening to them yep. and listening to them and i'm like yeah. i didn't even know what they really even look like apart from the yeah. pictures of the thing i just immediately that was the first thing i did that's funny we, we saw them so many times that that we knew there were nights when they were really screwing around a lot and yeah, it'd yeah. be like uh okay i i gonna be like yeah this. yeah maybe play a couple of tunes for you know <laughs> instead of messing around all that but then when they were when they were on it was like yeah stunning yeah yeah they used to do this thing i don't know if you ever saw when they used to do this thing called the magic box oh yeah sure <laughs> yeah yeah and they play people would put crazy songs in there for those you don't i remember one time they did some you know some frank sinatra song would pulled out and they yeah they, yeah they just did it yeah 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 <laughs> i i saw them one time i dragged somebody uh and they weren't that into it. And they were screwing around. And my friend was like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I'm like, eh, yeah, sure. But it's not always like. Right. And then all of a sudden, they started doing it. Yeah. And then he turned to me and said, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Right. You know, I'm just like, yeah. it can happen just like wow. that. Mm. Uh, desert Island food. What could you food. eat every day? Yeah. Oh, I could eat. Um, um I'm trying to remember the name of it. Oh, I, I love Indian food. And oh, okay. there's a, a, a dish that's made with cheese and spinach. I'm My wife would know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can't believe I can't remember. I, I don't know. I'm but not, anyway, yeah, I, yeah. I love that stuff. I could eat that okay. daily. How'd that start? <laughs> How'd you get into that? You know, we went. Uh, I, I'm not I, an adventurous. See, I envy yeah. people that are adventurous. We eaters. had never been to an Indian restaurant. And there was a new Indian restaurant early on in Deva history. My wife opened a store in Westville. And so we went to this new Indian restaurant that is now a bank sure. because my uh, sister-in-law wanted to go. And so we went, honestly, God, it was the hottest food I have ever had in my entire life. I, 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 it freaked me out. Oh, wow. But I kind of dug it. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's some center of my brain. So eh, we, that's kind of one of our, one of our go-tos. For cool. Sure. Yeah, I'll go with that. That's nice. Uh, well, I think you might already answered this, but the other question is like, is there any live show that you attended that comes to mind that flipped you, that changed your, you were like, oh. Well, I mean, any of the, Al Anderson, yeah, just yeah, watching yeah. Al Anderson, yeah. it's like, sure. I, you know, that's what I want to do. That's wanna, what I want to play like. Yeah, and, yeah, I hear and, you. Um, I, I mean, I think. Yeah, the Genesis thing. Genesis, the Peter Gabriel thing. You know, I've seen King Crimson recently a couple of times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got to say, still stunning. Yeah, yeah, you still. Know? And it, it makes me appreciate people that do practice really hard. Hey, whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're on a tear. <laughs> yeah. um, and and I, got, I got introduced to Gavin Harrison, which was hey, just like. That's cool. Man, that guy is good. I, you know, it's, it's weird with drummers. I don't know what it is. You could have two guys playing the same beat. Why does one sound better than, than the other or one hits you more? What What is that? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's fascinating. I teach it, but I don't know. Yeah. I would say that to my kids. Yep. Um, one of my things, if they're old enough, you know, to try and get them to chill, I would play them like, you know, ACDC. Yeah. You hear what he's playing, right? Yeah. Play it. You, does it sound like when he played it? Like, honestly, what you're playing, does it sound like that? And the answer is no. And I go, ask me why. Ask me what the, why it doesn't sound like that. And I go, why? And I just go, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, but make it sound like that. And I don't know, yeah. but... But we, we all have for, have tastes, right? Sure, we, sure, we, we, sure. It, something hits you for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Another f drummer that I, I, I wish I could see live with uh, a woman named Her Hiromi... I don't know if you know her, but she's one of the most amazing piano players and plays. She she ha, does a lot of different things, but she did a trio with Simon Phillips and Randy Jackson on oh bass. Boy. And yeah. I can, yeah. I know. Uh, honestly, some of her albums would be. So I've been listening to Jeff Beck mm. from, from because yeah. I just want to get it straight because yeah. I know what I know, yep. but I'm the kind of guy that I'm like, okay, album one, I'm going to go, I'm going to mm. go all the way through. 
and I there and back with Simon Phillips, I knew, and I just got there now. Yeah. You know, I've been listening in order and yeah. No. One of my favorite drummers of all time. Sure. I don't know what it is about his playing. It, it's incredibly yeah. precise, right? Yeah. But it's cool. But he has a swag. There's yeah. He's a, got a swag. There's a thing. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Nobody it, it is for real. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We got to go. Okay. I don't want to run out of time. All right. Um, Pierce Campbell, thank you. Thank you. I've known you a long time. I know. Long time. Long time. I appreciate right. your doing this. Wow. Hey, that <laughs> pretty much Dave. Dave's world. We're just living in it, but yeah. I appreciate it. It's fun to do. Um, I'm going to press the button. Uh, where can we look for you? Tell us. Uh, Facebook, Pierce Campbell. Hey, Pierce Campbell <laughs> on Facebook. PierceCampbell.com, right. too. Websites and yeah, that's cool. that stuff. So. All right. I'm going to press the button. You ready? I'm ready. Here it comes. John Packman Podcast. Connecticut Valley School of Music and Dance. Beautiful downtown Portland, Connecticut. Come over the bridge. Go one through set of light. Let's get that flipped. Go through one set of lights. Start looking left with a red neon. You got to park in the street. Like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Listen, Dave will tell you how to have your very own show. Thank you, Pierce Campbell. Thank Thanks. you, John Peckman. You got it. Thanks. <laughs> drive safe, kids. Why do I say drive safe? I don't know where they're going. All right. That is all.